welcome back to another sexy, cruel episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. The show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here uh, on the Film Alchemist Podcast with my friend, co-host, and just really into it journaler. Alex Dandino, yes. <laughs> All right, before today's uh, amazing stuffing... Let's do a little business. People, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. The very best way to help the show. The very best way to make the show exactly what you want it to be. You get a vote on Patreon exclusives in our big Patreon exclusive library over there. You get commentaries. You get miniseries. Our new Tales from the Crypt miniseries starting this month. Uh, over there, you can find that. You can even get a double feature that you pick out yourself that we'll record for you. So we're trying real hard to make that worth your time. Uh, if you would be so kind, go to filmalchemist.com slash, or no, film patreon.com slash filmalchemist. I'm sorry, guys. I've been a little under the weather, but I'm hoping the sex is going to bring me back to life, right? I'm like Snow White if you don't have to kiss me on the lips. That's what I'm going for tonight, but yeah. Patreon.com slash pod, Please, please. We need it. I need to buy more cough syrup. Uh, neither here nor there. Guys, go to YouTube. Channel's Film Alchemist. You can see our faces over there. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on all the socials. Make sure you leave those five-star ratings and reviews everywhere and anywhere you find the podcast. We appreciate it. Helps us take down these algorithmic goddamn waspy teenagers. To be holding us down. <laughs> right. So not only am I a bit under the weather, I almost actually died. But one hour ago, preparing for this show, uh, as I watched the end of tonight's film in our The Pod Gets Stuffed month, erotic thriller month. I don't know if this one fits the thriller, um, but it's interesting and it definitely tries to be erotic. Uh, but yeah, I almost choked to death watching the ending of Cruel Intentions, uh, a seminal erotic movie uh, for us growing up. This was one of those movies that we all talked about. I actually had to sneak into the theater to watch it because we weren't allowed to watch such frivolous trash in my household. Uh, so we said we were going to go see whatever, and then we snuck into Cruel Intentions as one does. Um, I don't think I've seen it since that time in the theater. When did this come out, Alex? Oh, this was a... Uh... This was a freshie from 1999. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was bought 15 years old. So mm -hmm. I had to get rides to the theater, right? But, yeah, we snuck in and watched this. It was hot, right? Glad we got the popcorn buckets, that kind of a movie. Yep, right? yep. Um, watching it now, some 20 years removed from that, this has to be one of the most absolutely fucking baffling films I've ever watched. Um. There, there are so many things that haven't aged with our society. There are so many things that we are just supposed to accept that happen. Just emotional, wild mood swings back and forth between characters. And one of the goddamn funniest scenes in movie history at the end of that fucking story. Correct. Um, It is such an absolute hodgepodge of insanity. In the middle of the movie, this is something I wanted to get out right off the bat because this fucking blew my mind. So I'm sitting here watching this movie about these fucking rapists. Um, <laughs> yes. And in the middle of it, I was just like, what is happening? And my wife goes, it's kind of romantic. Nope. 
And I said, what is romantic in this movie? And she's like, you know, he's like waiting for at the escalator. And I was like, based on the movie I just saw, that could be from your dare. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but weird that so many people of our generation thought this was just like a love story. Yeah. My wife said romantic. Andrea, your wife, agreed. Also said the same thing right before the pod. I asked her, I was like, hey, do you think Cruel Intentions is a romantic movie? And she goes, yeah, I can see that. And I'm like, by what rationale? I must know. It's baffling. And this, by the way, probably one of my favorite movies. I know that sounds really tacky, but like this movie is like, it's one of those like DNA movies. Not for me, but like more or less like this hap this movie came out like this is this was 99 buffy had already been out so it was like a big mm -hmm. deal sarah michelle geller was like the love of my life at that time we all had our girl <laughs> I fucking loved she sarah. didn't know but i yeah. loved i loved sarah michelle geller um and i remember like uh this movie came out almost simultaneous because she was trying to transition out of being teeny bopper kid because this was right as all these kinds of like this this was 99 so like all of the um teenage shakespeare movies were coming out like it was a big fucking to do this came out though and like it was this one about and then nothing a, <laughs> this one and then there's another movie and i don't remember what the real name is for it now but it was called uh um, the original working title was called vanilla fog she did a, her, this one with a uh, sean patrick flannery powder no 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 <laughs> Not that good. No, no, no. It was um, that could have been called Vanilla Fog. So this one, so it was like this one. So it was Cruel Intentions and Vanilla Fog were like the two movies that were like her trying to step out yeah. of. I don't want to be. I don't want to turn into Jennifer. Basically, I don't want to be Jennifer Love Hewitt. So she tried doing she movies went like this. Full Dahmer. She went full right Dahmer off the bat. One. Um, um, it's yeah. let, let's just start here because I love is, this movie. By the way, like I unabashedly no, love this, this is movie. The thing. It's so as I'm watching the movie and I just kept what the fuck. Every scene, I felt like I was saying that at some point. It is so mean spirited. Oh, dude! It it's, is so much crueler than I remember. The cruelest of Here's intentions. Here's the thing: I can't. I wonder if I had not seen this young. I don't know why. It is just a fun fucking movie to it's, watch. It's kind of the the. Megazord version of a soap opera. Yeah, well, let's start is, here. It is legitimately funny. <laughs> it is that the the fucking back and forth. The dialogue is really good. Again, a lot of it has not aged well. Um, but it's got some snappy fucking you know screwball comedy timing kind of back and forth. Oh yeah. Let's start here. How fucking old is anyone in this movie supposed to be? So I believe besides Ronald, who's definitely too fucking old. Right. So Ronald is for sure in college. Selma um, Blair is no older than 15 years old in this. movie. I believe Selma Blair's Her character. Selma Blair, I believe. So here's my thing, because they're in a prep high school, right? Right. So it's a prep high school. It's my understanding. So she's a freshman, I, probably. It's my understanding. No. Now, here's the difference. I do not think she's supposed to be a freshman. I think she is. I think all of them are supposed to be seniors, except for Cecile, who I believe is probably supposed to be a junior. Because otherwise, why would like? Because they try to set it so like, Sarah Michelle Gellar. It would help if Selma Blair didn't play her as a grown-up Shirley Temple. It's vi listen. That is like one of the funniest aspects of this movie is how uncomfortable Sarah Selma Blair makes you. By acting like a person who literally has a like has a mental deficiency. Funny side note: 
my wife, another cruel intention story at Amy's expense. She said that when she lived in college, uh, her roommate called her out and was like, hey, have you ever seen this movie, Cruel Intention? And Amy's like, yeah, I love it. And she's like, watch this part. And she played one of the scenes with uh, Selma Blair, and she goes, it's you. <laughs> Burn. She said my wife acts I, like Cecile in real life. If you watch the YouTube channel, sometimes <laughs> you'll see, like, I have a Cruel Intentions t-shirt that I have that I've, like, got at yeah. Target, like, years ago. I went and saw the 20th anniversary screening in L.A. for this, like, Wow. This movie is like, this movie is one of those. You're just letting people know you're here to sling. It was a really, it was one of those like really weird movies. And I'm like, how does, because even like when I saw it in like whenever it came out on VHS, because I did not go to the theater that I, I remember seeing. This. Right. But like whenever I watched it, I remember being like, how is this movie a thing? Like even then I was like, there's no way people right. actually exist like this. No. And okay. So to get back to the point. These kids are just driving around telling other people to fuck off, right? No, driving around in, like, vintage cars. Like, right. nice vintage cars they in New York. They have this whole fucking penthouse to themselves where they just rub on each other constantly. Yeah, yeah. Never an adult around who's involved with the main story, right? Uh, we see an aunt and we see a, a fucking old lady they hate and a therapist, right? Right, right. We start the movie with Sebastian... Telling his therapist he's a sex maniac, only to find out he fucking revenge porned her daughter. Yeah, cool. A cool little terror, a cool little Tara Reed cameo. Who's also going? So she's grad. So this is why I think Sebastian's a senior because Sebastian and Catherine are going to be seen. This is like the summer before their senior year. Sebastian can be a senior. Selma Blair's character is definitely not. No, no, that that goes without saying. Like, the, and like, even again, how old were you when you were a senior in high school? I was maybe seventeen years. No, old. No, I mean, like, let's be very clear. Sebastian's character is full blown a sex offender, like without a doubt. Like, oh, absolutely! Not only him. There's a there's multiple, but this is the thing. One, this goes in my again. When I was a teenager, I don't believe there are these fucking dick terminators as teenagers, right? Right. Even the people I knew who were actually getting pussy, it was kind of these sloppy, like, cornfield drunk parties mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, the fucking quick, like, down and dirty drunk, like, couple right. minutes. You're like, oh, yo, yeah, oh. Like, these guys were not these fucking sexual monsters. Well, I mean, the taste. Is. Well, that was the other thing, too, is, like, just, like. Again, I could never, and I still haven't, wrap my head around just the upscale nature of these children's lives. Like, nothing about what happens. Like, again, the parties they must go to are all, like, catered. Their whole fucking life is a party. Catered for sure. You know, they're all drinking very, very nice champagne and wines. There's no beer to be had. Cause I don't even, I, I don't think there's even parties. There I think Brian Phillippe is a fucking monster. Right. And he dommers people back to his little fuck shack. <laughs> it's insane. And then, he, insane and then he journals it, about it, them like a creep. Definitely a dommer. journals like Kevin Spacey in Seven. Not, almost as creepy as Kevin Spacey in real life. Neither here nor there. I'm just it's It's one of those movies I'm watching. It reminded me of when we watched O. And I was like, why is this movie pretending to be about high school kids, right? There's this weird thing that movies did for a while where they love these hyper fucking sexualized children movies people in high school are not like like american pie where everyone's just trying to get like laid for the first time or yeah, jerk off right again a movie that didn't age well in the creep factor not nearly as bad as this no. so sebastian fucks selma blair 
Uh, his sister's telling him to fucking do it all the time. She kisses her. Yeah. And then he fucking gets her drunk, I, tries to get Nate nude pictures of her, goes down on her. Then they're helping Ronald fucker. This is a who's really a college dude. This is another really important aspect of this movie. The premise, the base premise for moving the plot forward is a bet that right. hang on. So we haven't right. even talked about Reese Witherspoon and it's almost inconsequential, but so it's like, can he can basically can Sebastian fuck Reese Witherspoon's character by the end of summer? The rules. Right, because she has taken a vow of celibacy that was right. in a magazine. She like wrote about it in Teen People or some shit. The rules of which are if Sebastian if Sebastian loses, he has to give up his uh like Porsche Roadster, which is like the nicest, Roadster, yeah, nicest car I've literally ever seen in a movie for anyone under the age of twenty. The winner, should it be Sebastian, all he wants to do is fuck his stepsister. That anal. is he wants anal. That because at first the, he's like, nice try, and she goes, You can put it anywhere, and he's like you got yourself a goddamn deal. You got yourself deal. a deal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the functioning premise of this film for teenagers. Yeah. His stepsister, who he's already fucked, we find out. Yeah, but now it's anal. So now he's going to. I will destroy everything in my path to fuck my stepsister. <laughs> <laughs> Again, these two ra- these two rapists fucking dueling for fucking <laughs> dueling dudes. rapists. It's really something. Yeah, it's a dueling rapist movie, right? So these fucking dueling rapists are going out because she wants to destroy Selma Blair because she was giving head to a passed out guy, and then now he's with Selma Blair. Right, right. So she's gonna destroy everything, right? Uh, it again. This is fucking insane to even try to like speak this premise <laughs> I mean, out loud. It's so Reese Witherspoon is a a national level famous virgin who yeah. lives with his aunt who rides horses yes and lets him canoodle around her estate I doing mean, whatever the fuck not he only wants, like right? so she has like this insane like it is a castle and like again it's one of those things where i don't know the geography like i look i've yeah. worked in new york enough i've worked on long island i've worked in brooklyn i've worked on the island like i cannot tell you not where those this, fucking rich alcoves, yeah. Where this place is seated, because quite frankly, it makes no sense geographically where it could be. It's it's insane. It's an insane house. It doesn't matter where it is. It it's a house matter. of fucking crime. It That's makes why. No sense. Yeah, he's None the boy in High Castle sense. up there just trying to fucking <laughs> add another notch to his fucking, I don't know, waist 24 belt. Yeah. This fucking scumbag. He throws on he throws on Love Fool by the cardigans to get her get in her pants, and for some reason that does not work. Uh so when he first meets her, he essentially he drags her by the hand. Come on, much to show you, and then he just goes, by the I way, think you're a dumb bitch. You're a stupid bitch. <laughs> yeah. Nice hypocrite. Let's suck dicks. And she's like, What? No, ew, gross. But not enough. She sees him swimming and his dong out, and she's like, mm. Oh. And then we essentially do this. You know, battle of the negs for the rest of the film? Almost entirely. And that's their story, right? And we also have uh, Catherine trying to destroy Selma Blair's character by making her stepbrother fuck her and have Ronald fuck her while she fucks Ronald. This is another thing. One of the O'Connells makes a cameo as the guy that she... So the reason she wants to destroy Selma Blair's life is because basically... She blew 
an O'Connell. Yeah, he called her a bulimic crackhead, I think. Yeah, she blew an O'Connell at a like Fourth of July party, and then like, they're like the affable Baldwin. Sometimes yeah, yeah. they're just in stuff. Yeah. So she did that, and then so she he found out that she was dating uh, Selma Blair. So now she's vowed to destroy her. Which, All right, let's ask this question. Okay. I'm just going to keep queuing up questions, and we'll see what we get out I, of it. I think that's the um, only thing we can do for this movie. What kind of a you. dumb sack of shit mom <laughs> is like, I'm going to feed my daughter to these rich rapists and see if they can make her cool? Well, like, isn't Christine Baranski, like, the most perfectly cast dumb bitch mother? Like, it's amazing. Does she ever get cast in anything where she's not a rich piece of shit? No. Like... In the birdcage, she's the like almost like not a piece of shit. Rich assholes. Like in the birdcage, she's like only like forty percent piece of shit. But even this... the Grinch, even the Grinch, where she's like, "I'll fuck the Grinch." Yeah. She's still like running around with the mayor and it's being like high class. But no, this is yeah. like this she's is like to a one percent of Whoville. This she's is to me the this is the of apex the of like Christine Baranski douchebaggery. Like it's pretty impressive. Actually, this was the first and, movie I now, ever okay. heard a woman referred to as a douchebag. And I thought that was hilarious. Not only that, how about this? Not only is she this fucking moron who's writing letters to a teenager telling her not to fuck another teenager. By the way, letters. That is in, that's an email insane exists hand at to this play. Point. No, because emails for pedophiles. Remember, that's what he says. Write a letter. Emails for pedophiles. <laughs> right. like, no, actually, reverse. Okay. Reverse. Sorry. Again, let, let's stop, right? Of her many fucking flaws. Let's say that she doesn't realize... That these people are fucking sexual meat grinders, right? Fine. This fucking dumb sack of shit (laughs) takes time out of her fucking busy day of fucking probably drinking mimosas for brunch and taking tennis lessons. She's very ladies who lunch. To write a letter to a fucking teenager she read as a virgin in a magazine and is moving to the school and say, hey, welcome to the school. I want to fucking lick your fucking dad's butthole so my (laughs) fucking daughter can have a career. (laughs) P.S., don't fuck this guy. Don't fuck that guy. Because I'm an old lady that knows he fucks a lot. Imagine Don't fuck a that moment guy. in your life meanie. where you, not only this, imagine taking time out of your day to communicate with a teenager you don't have a connection with. I can't imagine one fucking thing in my life where I'm like, <laughs> you know what I need to do is fucking communicate with a fucking teenager. It's... And not only that. I'm going to keep building the case. Not only is she fucking that dumb. There's no that case dumb, to be built. It's the she's truth. She's that dumb and that petty. They're like, just in case you don't get the idea and you're like, well, she's just a mom trying to do good in the community. They just fucking drop a racism. Sweet race card. Like, a racism anvil right on her fucking like, character's okay, head. So we haven't even talked. So, okay. So Sean Patrick Thomas's character. Um, what's his name? I never remember. His Ronald. Name. Ronald. So. Yeah. Ronald is his is her cello instructor, which again I'm just like, dude, you yeah. are definitely in cello. your twenties. You are definitely in your twenties and you're trying to fuck like what's essentially a seventeen year old girl. Whatever. If you would have told me her character was supposed to be fourteen, I would accept that. Well, yeah, because like again again, it Selma Blair does is fucking brilliant in this movie. And it's because She's really she good. The uh, amount of times she tries to get physical contact or hugs and they just throw her on the floor. Unbelievable. It's a baffling comedy routine that happens over and over in this movie. I've paused this movie. Actually, I got got yelled at for laughing too hard in the theater when 
after they fucked at the end of the movie, he shoved by her by her yeah, face. This is quiet time. Shoved her off the bed. I literally could not stop laughing in a theater. I got in trouble. Like it was one of those things. Like I'm like I should not be laughing this hard. Like this physical violence, but that was fucking hysterical pratfall. Like there's nothing funnier than that <laughs> moment right there. Like the amount of physical- no, there is, and we'll talk about it. There's the something of- way fucking sure, there's funnier something way than funny. that. The amount of physical comedy that Selma Blair puts into her performance in this movie is unparalleled. It's incredible what she does in this movie. Because, again, you have to accept the absolute insanity that this person is not completely mentally ill. It's like something is like something okay. is wrong with her, right? That makes it worse because we're just watching her be feasted upon by these fucking rapist jackals. Left and right. Well, like, okay, even, let me even ask you another question. Movie, like, okay, go let ahead. me cue this up with you. Are Ryan Phillippe and fucking Reese Witherspoon still married? In the movie? Oh, right now? No. Yeah. They haven't been married for a very long time. Least shocking result to a marriage of all time. <laughs> uh, the least fucking chemistry that maybe has ever existed, even though this is the part specifically my wife said was romantic. Um the disservice they do to this young fucking nationally famous virgin is it because of the kind of yeah it's... that she's so fucking hollow at her core this movie's basic premise seems to be telling us that every teenager is a fucking rapist and waiting right yeah. uh the fact that this movie expects me to believe that for but a second this fucking wafy fucking malignant force in the middle of the film this fucking living hard on of carnivorous appetites awesome somehow tricks this girl into having sex with him is one of the most fucking insane things i've ever experienced in a movie it's so fucking audacious and insulting to me as a grown-up that i have to respect it and laugh at it yeah like it's he, an- he literally tells this fucking old grandma he fucked her daughter. She doesn't remember. And then he's trying to sexually weaponize the grandma to get this girl it's- all fucking juiced up. And she goes, you didn't really like it. He goes, no, I hate it. I hate charity. And she goes, that's okay. That doesn't make you bad. And yeah, holds his hand. It's one of those things where, like, again. What? He is just this throbbing cock throughout the entire movie. And it's, like, unstoppable. Yeah. But every single thing he does, there's no, like, have you ever watched, and we've watched a lot of, like, movies with completely one-dimensional characters. Like, we did an entire month of Freddie Prince Jr. Matthew Lillard movies. Have you ever seen a movie where the main character was so one-dimensional? Like, there's literally nothing going on. It's just vacant. Um, Yeah, it reminds me of last month when we talked about The Keep with Brian and Blake. Uh, and they go, what a weird thing that the movie's asking us to sympathize with a Nazi. That Nazi is more sympathetic than 1, this little fucking rich rapist. It's- he is an absolute fucking criminal, right? He's a he's a fucking he feasts on young women. He fucking puts them on the internet. He does journals. Right. He fucking Having- blackmails a quarterback for being gay. Ooh, yeah. I mean, again, what there's- could you fucking not put on this guy's resume? There's just this. But here's the thing. What? One more thing before we get to that. So not only is his resume of fucking crimes just longer than my arm at this yeah, point in the movie. It's quite the rap sheet. The, the fucking twist of the movie that somehow in the 90s it felt like as a mass audience we said, 
hmm, okay. Was that this fucking criminal rapist <laughs> falls in love and we're like, good for you, dude. You're growing up. What the fuck were we thinking? Is that not one of the most amazing things about the 90s? Is like, you could make a movie like this and the hero of the film is a complete and utter scumbag criminal rapist. And you're like, wow. Yeah. He finally learned at the end how to love. It's like, guys, this is not Beauty and the Beast. All right. Let's yeah. not get into this. <laughs> no, it's just all beast everywhere. Yeah. And then one no, fucking the young beast was so girl. much more sympathetic. This is literally Here's just the thing. a throbbing if, cock. If this movie had an alternative title, it could be just called White Privilege. You could not make this movie about anyone who was not rich and white. No, absolutely not. Because anyone else would be like, ooh, rapes. I don't like that. But you're like, He's just a rich teenager who, you know, just takes care of himself. Yeah, they're just rich. That's all they do is fucking orgies, and their parents put fucking masks on them, and you know what I mean? Whatever the fuck. If you're on YouTube, you just saw, I don't know what that was, um, rich people stuff. Again, I don't. Rich people I, again, stuff, like, the, the other part of this. like Name me a movie. Like, the only other character I was like, it's like this guy and the fucking weird, bulbous, sweaty guy from Human Centipede 2. Maybe the fucking Firefly family from House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, this is the level of fucking scumbag this guy is. This was, it's an exceptional. It's an exceptional scumbaggery. You can't deny that. I mean, one of the very first, I'm going to put a fucking, another fucking young girl, right? Senior in high school. I'm going to put her fucking naked body online. Can we get back to, I feel like we glossed over this. He fucking gets this young fucking girl, Selma Blair, into his room. Mm -hmm. Tells her it's tea. And oh, gets yeah. Her gives her long hammered on gives Long her Island. Long Island iced teas, yeah. Photographs her, unzips her fucking hoodie, yep. and then says, I want a kiss, but not on those lips. A promise is a promise. And then, and then, I feel like I'm fucking turning into Lewis Black. And then, the very next scene later, they use his stepsister to fucking victim blame and gaslight her right in front of our fucking faces. Yeah. As not if you couldn't that, tell this movie was fucking 20 years it's old. It's not even that. Like, it's beyond that, though. Like, the next scene, she tells the story where, again, yeah. like, she whispers what he did. She's like, he spelled the alphabet, but he spelled it on my... I'm like, all right, great. That's really cool. Whatever. Then... It's not even a victim blame. Everything's about academics with these kids. It's not even a victim blame. She literally is like, it'd be stupid for you to stop now. I suggest you sleep with this. Like, yeah. what is going on? And then she's like, and then, again, we get this amazing Selma Blair bit, which is when she's like, so it's like a secret society? And you're like, oh, my God, this girl does not know what's happening. And you're like, this is horrible. Everybody is watching her get gaslit. She's saying, I'm a fucking child. Yes. Your brother fucking your brother fucking me up. Tongue tongue raped me. And it's took not advantage okay. of me. And like, she just goes, No, no, no but no, you liked cool. it, right? I was we like, all Oh do my it. it's God. Fine. Like the, the fucking rage I felt in my soul <laughs> for a movie that was just like everyone saw in theaters and we're like, that movie was exciting and awesome. Um it is funny how left behind this gets. <laughs> Again, I feel like I'm talking a lot of shit about this movie. I'm not talking shit no, about no, no, this no, no, movie. No. This it makes a... the most fucking insane choices. Yeah. It's an important thing. Like, there's no shit to talk about the movie because, like, the movie is insanity. 
there's no way you can watch this movie and be like, well, this takes place in the real world. Like, it's not it, like no, you're watching Every this. fucking beat is more implausible than the next. So the fucking racist teenage affair interfering mom right. sends her daughter out with this lady after, you know, her fucking cello instructions, right? Sarah Michelle Geller is fucking filming them on a fucking nanny cam trying to get fuck tapes yeah. to use against this child, right? And this other rapist, Ronald. They go out to a picnic and just like we're supposed to believe, yeah, let's just fucking, I'll teach you how to make out, right? And again, I saw this as a child. Famous scene, famous and scene. And this is why everyone in my friends group is like, we got to go see that fucking movie, dude. Absolutely. And we all were like ecstatic. Best kiss at the I MTV watch it now and I was like, absolutely. Yeah, high honors, high honors. High uh, honors. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, right? It's this weird titillation of children. It are for our fucking mass media consumption. It's such a weird thing. Okay, let me say something that is stunning about this movie. I know it won the high fucking praise of the say golden something popcorn. That's stunning about this movie. <laughs> I well, not stunning as in like how the fuck am I supposed to accept that? Sarah Michelle Gellar could have gotten nominated for an Oscar She's for this movie, and I wouldn't have batted an eye. She is so fucking diabolical. Like her, but okay. First off, like. She carries the whole movie. And I'm not saying that, like, any Literally like, the whole movie. Like, everyone... We can say it. Ryan Phillippe in this movie, he's not doing nearly as he well has, as listen, Sarah Michelle some, like, is. There's some decent line reads. Like, he does have, like, de like there's some good comedic timing, but I think a lot of that comes from he, editing. He devolves when he stops being snarky. Yeah. Like, the snark thing, he does really well. And then... Yeah. Him and Sarah other... Michelle Geller at the start, like, beep, beep, And then they're like, hey, Incredible. pretend to cry a little. Yeah. And then He's when like it becomes serious, it doesn't really work. Like him, but yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar through the entire movie is utterly incredible. That, like, her whole thing about, like, so she has this amazing line of dialogue where basically, for some reason, this rapist probably thinks he's finally going to get caught and has second thoughts real quick. So like, you realize we're about to destroy someone's life. We've done some pretty fucked up shit. I'm like, yeah, we know. We've watched a lot of it already. Done some pretty fucked up shit in our time, but like, come on. And she gives this incredible line of dialogue, which, like, again, for a movie like this, like, kind of shouldn't be in the movie. But it is this awesome, like, statement on feminism. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, the double standard that there that is occurring right now is insane. Like, you literally fuck people routinely. You get called, like, some cool sexual maven. I express any interest in sexuality. And I'm, like, labeled a slut immediately. Like, fuck you. Fuck the whole fucking patriarchy. Yeah. Like, it's a very fascinating, but again, that line of dialogue in anybody else's mouth in this movie sucks. She is utterly incredible. Like, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's all bullshit. We're not worried that you're just getting laid a no, lot. It's the other fucking crimes you're committing. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's, it's a, I'm not saying it's I mean. true. I'm saying it's delivered very well. <laughs> Whereas Ryan Phillippe is a rapist that I never get behind in the movie because they try to turn him square. She is just this fucking exposed monster. Yeah. Right. And she just she takes so much fucking delight and glee in her fucking tortures right. that she becomes not a person anymore, but some kind of fucking horror movie monster. And she just delivers every line with this fucking dripping venom Um, that, you know, the scene where there's a lot of scenes of her like rubbing on his dick and shit. And, you know, he's like, uh, uh, and she's like, bye. Uh, The scene where she has the other rapist, Ronald, in her fucking foot drawer and he comes oh out with this God. French tickler. And runs away. Fucked and up shit going like, on around here. Oh, you're here for arrangements. And he's like, I'm not in the mood. She's like, I want to fuck. 
she fucking throws the shit. Yep. And then she comes in and starts fucking laying into him, right? You can't fucking change. You can't do this. He comes back later and he's fucking sitting in her room like daredevil, right? Like crying. <laughs> Sunglasses. Like, I lost a love. Champagne, right? the whole thing. Just because his sister's like, yeah, you know, this probably is going to be hard for you to change all your fucking crimes. And he's like, yeah, that will be a hard one to swallow for sure. He goes and just fucking horribly breaks up with Reese uh, Witherspoon, right? He comes back and he's in her room. He's like, well, I'm. I'm sad. I'm here for anal dressed like Daredevil. And she does this shit, right? Where she's, uh, you know, like, let's toast to my triumph. And she laughs and she goes, my triumph was over you, right? I got you to give up the one thing you love. Right. And she's like, it tastes good. And the line at the end, she goes, but the problem is I don't fuck losers. I don't fuck losers. Ooh. And I was like, it's so fucking demented. That whole moment, this brother is here to fucking have anal sex with his stepsister. Like it's, I don't know, today's Pornhub. Right. But back in the 90s, that was taboo. Absolutely. Right. Now it's every fucking stepmom or sister's caught in some appliance and everyone's fucking running up on them. This was taboo back then. And when she just says that, you know, you fucking loser. And just these little lines, right? Where she's like, yeah, Selma Blair, Secret Society. That's one way to think of it. She turns out, she's like, fucking idiot. I mean, she's so just fucking perfect at the core of this movie. Yeah. Right. Because her mean spiritedness is so fucking razor sharp. But it still maintains this level of fun, right? I think that's one of the things you have to grapple with today is it's such a fucking cringe-inducing movie at times. But it's still really fun. I don't know if people finding it today will think that. I mean, look, I think in today's lens, the movie is horrifying, like, without a doubt. Like, yeah. There's I mean, they're no- all just horrible criminals. There's nothing that's aged well other than Christine Baranski is a rich Karen who is super secretly racist. Like, not really secretly either because she doesn't have to be. They stuck like, that one. They stuck that landing pretty yeah, hard. that one was pretty. And again, like, but it was also, and again, this movie has, like, amazing comedy bits where it's like, so they throw this racism in there, which is hilarious. I thought you were going to say like him smoking clove cigarettes all the time. <laughs> no, not that, that, that I was like, that is the stupidest thing. I'm like, it's the least cool thing you could be doing, but sure. Whatever. I, I had a clove cigarette face. I was like trying I said, to be more artistic, but like, so he, okay. So he's given the cello and she like walks in. She's like, who do you think you are? And again, it's Christine Baranski. Like she's a fucking Tony winning actress. She's fucking incredible. And she gives this whole diatribe. And then, she starts bringing up like it's it comes like oh don't give me that crap we've donated money to colin powell i'm like that right there she gets out some you 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 had absolutely nothing and then like she's like we took you in off the street she's like off the street i live at 59th and park you're like perfect. Yeah, what the fuck perfect this like rich they, white they don't live in the same world as us none this of this rich white assumes that she's the only one in the possible in the plaza who can live somewhere in posh like yeah it's incredible and it does such a good job of just like all right cool we all knew she was a dick like now she's a racist too like perfect yeah it's like the perfect it's the perfect shield that the rapist has to like go through the rest of the movie like for like five seconds you forget that he's a rapist you're like oh wow he got bad mouthed by that oh wait he's a rapist never mind i'm halfway tempted to find any other movie podcast that's talked about this movie and like how long before they just called them all rapists they're all rapists like i think we got to it pretty quick all right let's just talk about one of his non-rapes right maybe his only non-rape of the whole movie okay here's another weird thing while we're on it he just keeps a fucking bowl of sex cherries by his bed he's like 17 years old neither here nor there (laughs) again so he he nags reese witherspoon right he's breaking her down breaking her down breaking her down right right 
He he fucking goes out, tries to get a kiss while she's reading fucking rich person literature. I don't know. And then he's like, well, I can't take it anymore. I can't take a game. And he runs into her room and confronts her. Mm-hmm. And fucking goes in on this, you know, I can't take your games. And you're a hypocrite because you saw love and you ran away. And this isn't about fucking, you know, virgin stuff. This is about love. When she reaches past him and says, wait, and locks that door. If I weren't fat, I would have done a backflip. <laughs> That's how much energy was coursing through my body. So I was like, this is the most absurd moment besides the one we're going to talk about in a minute. In any movie, she is a nationally known virgin. Yes. With all these morals, who's dressing him down. From day one knows he's full of shit, right? Even though he sends his, he blackmails the quarterback into going and fucking wingmanning for him, right? Neither here nor there. She just caves. And in that moment, he goes, I can't. And he walks away and she cries. Right. That's the moment we as the audience are supposed to be like, nice. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, he's, like, found some, like, human, some human, some sort of human emotion he was missing. Yeah. Then he just stalks her to the fucking subway, right? Screaming at people on the phone. They fuck. Yep. His sister-in-law says... Yeah, his sister in law or his sis- stepsister says, No anal. Yeah. Burn. And he goes, Well, I better call her back. <laughs> his his great plan is he runs to her house, tosses his fucking sex journal. Gives that cool journal. The up. literal documentation of all of his crimes. Not to her, <laughs> to her fucking mother. Which is yells insane. past her into her fucking rich person dinner party and he says, Hey, Make sure your daughter gets this. Make sure your daughter what happens gets this. in that but movie. Don't read it or I will go to jail. What happens in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> Annette never sees that journal. The mom just reads it. It's like, oh, my God, this is steamy as hell. And then fucking Sebastian goes no, to jail. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get the to the fact journal. that him giving her the journal and he's like, hey, I didn't cut out your picture uh, and put it in there. So I'm a changed man. Here's all these other fucking preteen girls I've had sex with. Right. Um, the fact that that is a moment that the, the creative forces behind this movie are like, this is going to humanize them. This is our saves the cat, right? Instead of saving a cat to make your character likable, have him hand a written manifesto of all of his sex crimes. <laughs> hand over the Unabomber manifesto and it'll To go the well. woman he loves, yeah. Okay, this... <laughs> so he fucking hands over his rapist manifesto. He stands there all night like a creep. She sees him leave in the morning, and Reese Witherspoon runs out of her house with, you know, some kind of weird fucking white outfit on. She's like, I'm going to chase him down. Right, right. Catherine, the fucking stepsister, has called Ronald and said, he hit me, and he's fucking the girl who's underage that is actually in your bed right now right. while we're on this phone call. Ronald goes over, takes umbrage, right? Takes so umbrage two- that he's having sex with that underage girl that he wanted to have sex right. with. He's like, no sharesies. This is a one-man crime team. <laughs> I do one I do yeah. one underage girl, and you got to take her out from under me. Very yeah. uncool. This this fucking underage sex ring is not, it's Ocean's One. One and only. <laughs> one me. Ocean. One Ocean. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. You are out. There's only one very underage fish in this ocean. One. That's it. No more sharks allowed. No more. Um. And they get into a fight on the street, and Sebastian says, I'm sorry for also committing the same sex crime. Right. They get in a brawl. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm fucking not kidding the audience here. I'm not saying this to be facetious. 
I actually almost choked to death, had to push my wife off of me like she was Cecile in this movie, roll on the floor because I almost fucking choked. I laughed so hard. It's because Reese Witherspoon gets pushed into traffic during their fight. Right. Sebastian jumps in her way, pushes her out, gets hit by a car. And he goes, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm a rapist. I love you. The movie fucking cuts Cut. to one of those fucking funeral headshots <laughs> surrounded by flowers. And I fucking, I okay. almost fucking choked. I wasn't even eating. It's, I was choking on my own spit. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing I've so never, this is, this is true. This is a true thing. What a fucking stupid. I have, I have, I have, never, I have never not laughed at that cut. I love you. Cut. cut. Dead. Dead. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow. So, okay, so when I was younger. I this was is like, our audience moment of empathy, though, because a rapist got run so over. I was when I was younger, I tried rash. I was like, oh, wow. If you get hit by a car, like you'll definitely die. And like now, granted, I'm not saying the people who get hit by hard, cars don't get killed. What I'm saying weighs is, 115 pounds. Yeah. So like watching the movie when I was younger, I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Oh, dude. However, Jackass came out at the same time, and we yeah. watched like guys with way less body weight and mass. Rich people are not tough like the Jackass guys. So e- either way, so regardless. Are you saying uh, this is a King Kong? Twas beauty slayed the beast. No, not even close. Not like not, that. That's so much more highbrow than I think any, any I, of this. Kid, I think this moment, though, again, it it's one of the fucking stupidest things I've ever seen. To the point I almost died laughing undeniably entertaining so that is the weird fucking magic of this movie as they're doing these insane and stupid things and making me just accept that reality it just continues to manage to be insanely entertaining the whole time yeah and like so so you have this absurd like hard cut all of a sudden they're at a funeral like oh that guy died okay cool (laughs) and again like you're like what else can this hilarious movie throw at us at this point? We get <laughs> one of the, again, like we get one of, and I, I say this as someone who fucking enjoys the shit out of this movie. We get one of bar none, the dumbest endings to a movie ever. And it, again, it's so it starts in the bathroom and that again, scene is awesome. It's, it's so she's like doing blow from a crucifix. That's like half the bit yeah. in the movie. She's doing blow from a crucifix and Reese Witherspoon walks up and I'm like, you two obviously fucking know each other. Don't do this thing where you're like, oh, I didn't know you. You're new here. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Really? We're going to do that. Like, like, did you know Sebastian? A little. Like, don't, don't do this. Like, literally you've seen each other. Don't, don't be that. And then, (laughs) so they start doing this funeral service. This is the part that I always just like start dying laughing. It's like people start running like, "Hey, this now, girl runs in when you like find she's the out. fucking orc in the two towers. Yeah, she's like the oracle. <laughs> when you find out, come out here and read this fucking rape. Check book. it out. This rapist manifesto got published, dude. These are our classmates. This shit is wild. This is crazy. <laughs> so here's the. This is like always the. <laughs> That's <laughs> that's what I mean. This is so fucking stupid. It's like, so that means some girl ran in, 
Now, now here's here's one side of it. I'm about to explain the other part of like the depravity of this. So one girl runs in to this entire congregation, starts, hey, this yeah. rapist turned All the olds just keep sitting there like, mm, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know about that. Here's another know. thing. They don't make sure to illustrate that this kid's parents came back from his funeral. Yeah, yeah. Wherever from the like Fiji was. or Bali or wherever they're from. Okay. Hang on. So she ran in whispering, hey, the rapist manifesto has been published and it's outside. Here's the other side of that. So the journal, obviously, that Annette has, Reese Witherspoon's character has, Annette took it upon herself to go to a print shop, yeah, say, hey, I have an unlimited amount of money. Can you make? Can we get a real good title page? Can I get though? a real? That's yeah, what I need. Like this is what I want. I want this journal bound. Yeah. In the spiral notebook. Yeah. And also, can you title it "Cruel yeah. Intentions: The Journal of Sebastian Valmont"? Sick. And can I get five hundred copies by like next Monday? Because I have to go to school. Okay. Here cool. is no the problem. Extra dumbest fucking icing on this cake. <laughs> That made me, again, almost die laughing. So not only does she print out this whole fucking manifesto. Rather than taking it to the police. Yeah. This is my rapist boyfriend who I still love. I'm going to drive off in his car that I'm assuming she illegally stole. Absolutely. With a copy of his actual fucking manifesto like it's the Necronomicon. And she's going to summon his ass back from hell. But they're going to be like, no, not him. He's too deep. Um, The dumbest fucking thing in this scene, which I died laughing. Who does she make the paper delivery boy for her fucking rape journal? The, the youngest rape. victim in the book. She's so, like, hey, I know this will make you feel better. So why don't we get like, this out about? By the way, <laughs> here's hey, the first. Can you hand this out and tell everyone that you're fucking? <laughs> hey, here's a book. By the way, read the first page where they talk about how they bet. She that smiles. They turn... She smiles as she hands it to. She like has this like, huh, gotcha. Yeah. It's like, no, that was not how that worked. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm all for revenge, but like. You should to, be talking to that therapist, not the one from the start so, of the movie, but like a real therapist. All right. So, the, okay, this is, but hang on. Now, this is my all-time favorite cutaway. To How about this? Moment. The fucking flashbacks of romance we're supposed to remember. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> now, now, that might be an important moment. This is literally the funniest like cutaway I've ever seen in a movie is... Everyone, like all of these extremely rich white people. I know exactly what you're going to talk about. All these extremely rich white. Now, if you're watching, I'm going to do it. Because if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to do the scene, okay? The extra Every, whites. Everyone, All the extra whites are reading the journal and doing that. There's one guy who definitely plays basketball or field hockey. And it's a cutaway. Looks up and he goes. Yeah. And then they pair it <laughs> with this fucking girl. Oh, and it's like, what the fuck? Why are there just two of them? Also, how what are about you guys, the rule of threes? You guys have gone to school together with all these people. How are you surprised by this behavior? Half of this is you people. I don't understand what this is. What is going on? 35 of you are in the journal. Why the are you shocking? Fine? Yeah. <laughs> the most shocking thing is how bad, how bad these parents are. Because then yeah. the, pr the principal comes out and he's like, oh, you're cocaine. You know, your cocaine crew. What they didn't show you is that he was just taking that for himself. He's like, nice. Mine. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. Oh, Sebastian Voldemort. Fuck some more people. <laughs> Call me when an emergency happens. I know. Oh, no. I'm the yeah, headmaster. We, we got to file a mile long of this guy's fucking sex Oh, my sex goodness. Crimes. What could we possibly do? I'll so. be in the church doing this girl's blow. <laughs> 
Besmirch her reputation. <laughs> okay. I, this is okay. this is the the thing about the movie though. It's an absolute calamity. I almost feel like this should have been the commentary. So you could just hear me screaming and laughing every it scene. It still could be when you think about it. It might have to be. Our commentary is going to be a good one too. But that's like at least a movie with the story. Yeah. This this movie is so fucking stupid at every level, right? The script with good dialogue and fun actors, right? Right. The story is so stupid and so unacceptable by any standard of what criminals are. Um, and it just makes these fucking the flashbacks, the fucking Hallmark movie flashbacks of this romance where this guy's just nagging this girl to break every moral belief she has so he can then crush her. Right. Had he not gotten crushed by that car, he would have kept crushing her and it would be over, right? So, okay. Somehow making every fucking wrong choice besides casting, this movie is so works. goddamn appealing. So works. You can't turn it off. You can't stop watching. Even as you scream, stop insulting me. You almost, it, it felt like when I used to go I, to that bar and get spanked for 10 bucks. You remember I that felt, place? I, I would yeah. walk in every Monday. I'd get a drink and this giant lady would spank me by a regular Nintendo. That's what this movie's like. I feel, I think this is like, I feel entertained the entire time for all the reasons that I watch. Like, like it's the reasons you watch like mystery science theater 3000 a lot of the time. But again, I but can't see, this isn't like a enjoying this, this movie. No, yeah. not at all. No, no, no. This I'm has not saying like this real performance. It has real good dialogue, dialogue. But, like, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like the, the pleasure I derive from this movie is not from like watching it. Like, this isn't a movie that I would watch by myself. Like I would have, to, I watched this with like Andrea. Mm. I watched this with like, like when I went to go see it in theaters, I went with Andrea and then uh, Evan and his girlfriend, Maliha. Like that's like, it's like one of those things where you just, you're like, I'm going to enjoy this because we're all going to watch this absurd story unfold. So absurd and entertaining, by the way, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> there was a prequel and a sequel to this movie. Wow. There's a prequel starring okay. Amy Adams. This get, this gets back to my exact point, though. What the fuck was going on with us in 1996? We're just watching the movie of these lovable scamp rapists. <laughs> Let's see. We're just like, oh, out. that's New York City. New York City. We can this, let that happen over there. This came out the same year. At, this came out the same weekend as Analyze This. Well, it's way better than that, but that's neither here nor there. Right, that's not really what I'm getting at here. What I'm saying is, is there is. <laughs> You're saying, saying it was a time of of learning to like bad people. Well, no, '99 was like we're like let's see, this came out what March '99? Yeah, March 1999. We're on the cusp of the millennium. Mm -hmm. Like Y2K is a after thing. Y2K. It could have been any. We could have all been Sebastians. We're in Y2K a real happened. like we're in a really weird moment in time because. Like, 99 is just one of those, like, it was, I hate to put it this way, but 99 is this sweet spot in cinema history where literally you could get away with, like, anything for some reason. I don't know why. It's just weird that our parents love so many movies that were about, like, kids fucking all the time. Like, it's a weird thing that, like, really took off, right? This, like, let's hyper-sexualize sure teenagers. I mean, I get it, but now I am probably my parents' age when they were watching this, and it's like, guys, it's right there. 
It's all right there. They're not high. There's nothing in this movie that's subtext. This this is fucking text billboard letter high. Everything they want you to notice. And we're just like, well, you know, he tried to turn it around for like two days. The timeline of this movie is like four days. Even though it's supposed to be like a month and a half or something. I don't even I know. I mean, this this movie, I think, takes place in a couple days. Also, apparently there's a I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm also moving on to this. There's apparently okay. also a uh, off Broadway musical version of this. That now I, uh, that I would that watch. I've got to see. Like, no, I mean, I don't I don't know what to say. It hasn't aged well. It's not ludicrous. Very not. Aged but well. something about but all that comes together. And it's a movie that's just really fun to sit in. I don't that's I don't it. know why. That's I mean, I don't I don't fucking hold it against American Psycho that that guy's a piece of shit running around. Look, I do think it's weird that my wife said it was romantic. I think maybe she hasn't watched it uh, since I, she was younger, too. Maybe, and she just had a crush on maybe she has a Ryan crush on Counting Crows. She did for sure. I am ready. Went I to see them live ready. with their college roommate. I thought I I'd never get her back. It's, it's strange. It's strange. I, I don't know what else to say about this movie. It's it's fucking insane. It's an insane it is perverse and collection weird, of choices. And yet, oddly very entertaining. Just fucking entertaining. It was a blast to watch and just yell and get hyped up. That's it. Again, I again, I think it's the auspice of it being kind of romantic. If you watch this like American Psycho, hilarious. I mean, this could that's also what this movie could be called. Very much uh, so. But that's enough. The pod can't take any more stuffing with cruel intentions. I hope you guys had as much fun as we did. With this absolutely bizarre movie. Uh, guys, we have much more to come. We we have uh, more stuffings ahead of us. Uh, lots of good stuff over on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. A wonderful library of stuff over there. Make your voices heard, guys. Go over there. Uh, join the club. The, the, the YouTube Film Alchemist. The email FilmAlchemistPod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials, too. Find us over there. Tell your friends. That would help out, too. Uh, make sure you leave five-star ratings and reviews wherever and everywhere you find the show. Thank you for your time. We'll see you for the next sexy episode of the Film Alchemist podcast. Bye. Because it's a bittersweet nope. symphony that's like. Nope. We got to leave that back where it was. <laughs> we got to leave that back. Actually, we do. They got sued for that. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> <laughs> Make us famous.